1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio.
3: What are you talking about? What
2: the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday
3: Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com.
4: Wendy's big show tomorrow, Dr. Chris Nowinski in the first hour, the former WWE star, Rob Reichel of Forbes talking Packers. Coming up today on Sparky's Midday Madness, Tim Muma uh, will join us from BrewerFanatic.com. But Leroy Butler hanging out with us here in the first segment of the show before we get to Tim Mooma. And then don't forget Kevin Holden, Crunchy CBS 58 sports director in hosting the fan afternoon show today. Uh, from three until six. So, looking forward to hearing what Kevin Holden has in store wonder, for today. show. Him and Bonamago Jr., otherwise known
5: as Tim Stadium Show. I wonder how his wife feels about the Brewers losing two to one to the Cubs because she's a big Brewer Glaze?
4: fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mm. sure she's all right, but she's, she's fine. She's not as emotional as Tim Allen. I know yeah. that much.
5: Tim, that was amazing. Yeah, he he's pretty emotional. Well, I knew it was over top when he gave some of the smoke to council. He never does that, unless his lineup. Lineups, yes. Other than that, he was just whoever popped in his head. and he went out to Willie Adonis. You know, I don't play that. I'm curious about something.
4: So when you all played, now again, you it, it was a much different time. Obviously, there probably weren't as many shows or whatever. But I don't mm-hmm. remember what Green Bay was like back then when you played. What radio?
5: Yes, hotel or, or radio. Radio, yeah, yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So when you were done with the game, mm-hmm. and let's say it's a home game, right? So you get mm-hmm. back in your car. Now you're driving home mm-hmm. or whatever else. Did you or the guys ever turn on like the post game show to hear what the callers were saying after the game or whatever the case may be because you still had the statewide network back then
5: oh about... yeah it was a, no n- no not at all we for me i it was a, i didn't I didn't even know they did it until I asked Lee Remo about it um I think after the the loss to the Rams, the opening loss We he said what <laughs> the radio's gonna be lit up. I say, what well, are you don't, Well, they, you know, because I, I forgot who was running it, but it used to be on one particular station. Probably most WNFL. Of time, most of the time, you kind of go home with your family. They don't really want to hear, especially if you lost. Right. But I later learned that yes, most guys were going there. If they heard anything negative about them, they would not talk to the. Because uh, we radio know
4: station. they were sensitive about Bob McGinn back in the day. Right, I'm Ye- Ye- we overly sensitive.
5: It was, it was respect, but yes, it yes, was, yes. Right, yes. So they read McGinn. Yes. That I knew. Yes.
4: but I always wondered whether or not they Paint. actually listened to the radio back in the day on post game because you didn't yeah. really have sports talk per right. se. I mean, you had some sports talk. No, I guess print back was then. huge
5: back then. Print was
4: the thing. Print though.
5: was the thing. Right, because once you write it, as my mom used to say, it's permanent. Right. When you say it, I missed it. But now you have podcasts. You have you can go back on our show, odyssey.com dot Sure, and list the shows all the way back. They didn't have that. But when they wrote a headline, it's permanent. It's always there. And that person is different than the person
4: that wrote the story.
5: No question. So you about have it. the person that exactly. writes the story, and
4: then the person that writes the clickbait headlines or whatever, that's a yes. separate person than the yes. person that writes the article. So let's say Rob Domofsky or Ryan Wood or whoever writes the story turn it in. there's somebody else that writes the headline that goes with that story yes. it's completely different and yeah. with the packers.com i'm assuming they don't have a headline writer i'm assuming that if wes Hockwood writes something he probably writes his own headline mm-hmm. i'm guessing i could be wrong maybe they do spend money on that person but that, that's normally how it works. People don't understand that. And people always get mad at the person writing the story. Oh, right.
5: quick bed with that headline. Like it's their
4: fault when they don't actually write the headline.
5: Yeah, we, me and Tom, full disclosure, me and Tom. Tom uh, Silverstein. Five questions with Leroy. We do, ours is hosted on PackerNews.com as well. Right. We kind of uh, lean towards, Our Bill is our guy that kind of produces us. We kind of tell him what we think the headline would be, and it's usually there. Sure. But if, if some of the people, like, we really want people to read this story, we would say, you know, key words. You know, if you mention Aaron Rodgers, people going to click on it, right? But if it's Laroy's talking about the defense and this particular play, there's a headline. But when you read, you know, when you hear the interview, you hear how I broke the play down. Sure. So, so Bob McGinn, those guys. So I think most of the time, the later in the mid-90s, late 90s, then it was big. Everybody would drive home and before games, pregame too. Talk radio was getting big back
4: then. Yeah, and also you had post-game show then later on, post-game mm-hmm. show on-site and Lambo. Yeah, back in the day and yep. you'd have guys being brought over to be on the Packer post game show and the whole deal after Absolutely. after the Packer game was done. So yes. now you're talking now it's not NASCAR where you get out of your car and boom yeah, there's I, somebody there. Yeah, I, don't like I that. mean in this yeah, situation here yeah. when they were doing a radio, you yes. had a chance to get in the yes. shower, relax a little bit, probably talk yes. to the local print media yes. and then they would usher you to wherever
5: the radio Lee broadcast Rumble was set up. Me with that man. He, he was amazing, Steve. He he, he really taught me Rest in peace to him. And my. I mean, the guy's just amazing. Actually, I'm thinking I'm be working with his award ceremony later in the year. Nice. He told me about the media was, don't take it so personal. That's just somebody's opinion. They can say whatever they want. You control how you play. So don't just read it when you get two picks and one's a pick six. Read it when you lose to the Colts. When they were owing All Paul whatever. Justin. Yeah, exactly. So Or don't read it at all. So he always taught me, because I would ask him anticipation. What's the anticipation? He said, what are they going to ask me? What are you? He said, I don't know. I said, based on you, you're a historian. You've been around since, I mean, everybody. Tell me what, you, when you open these doors... What the Bob McGinn's are gonna ask, and he'll say, "Okay, they're gonna probably ask this, this, this." this. You know, I'll,
4: I'll be honest with you, I never that's thought media of media training. No. I never thought about it from that perspective. I don't even know if that even happens anymore, as far as these guys kind of giving guys heads up on what they think is going to be asked in a press conference. Oh, they better. But I, I'll say this: if I was running a team, mm-hmm. I think I would hire somebody to be in that department. Absolutely, give them a title, whatever you want. Somebody that's done it. Somebody that's been a beat writer. Somebody mm-hmm. that's been on the radio doing interviews or TV doing interviews. Somebody that has that mind that's been through there, knows how to what's going to be asked in a press conference when something is said. So then you can give them a heads up. If I was in this press conference, I'd ask this, 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 and this. That's a heads up of kind of what
5: we have to get ready for. Doesn't mean they're going to get
4: Mm -hmm. asked, but that's what we would ask. That, to me, makes a lot of sense to give somebody a
5: heads up. They do it to all the head coaches now. They give them a little, okay, this is what they're going to ask you. Okay, okay. And then you could, you could, which I would do. How should I answer it? <laughs> because I'm, I don't want really to get any headlines. But I, don't, you know, because one headline can really, especially if you're Matt flora or if you're a counsel, and they come asking you about Yellich. Okay, what are they gonna ask? Well, why'd you move in the leadoff? They're gonna ask you that. Mm-hmm. You gotta have an answer. How should I answer? Well, you should probably say this because they know that. So, because they've been on the internet all day, these analytics people. Well, it was like
4: last night. was a perfect or yesterday afternoon. Was a perfect example. Boxberger comes in in the eighth, and it wasn't no. De- there was no Devin Williams, and immediately everybody's like, "Uh oh, is he hurt again? What's wrong yes. with him?" Yes, there you right? go. So
5: you knew yes.
4: that was going to come up yes. after the game. Now it's just rest, and they were just resting him for a, a yes. day or whatever, Absolutely. going into an off day.
5: But they're gonna ask. But but you you knew that was gonna come. And you know Peralta because you know I like free stuff his bobblehead, the first 35,000 is July 10th. This weekend. So they're going to ask you, when's he coming back? And you can say whatever you want, but how should I answer that? Well, if you don't, if you know, tell them if you don't, we don't know yet. I really want to get into injuries. I want to talk about the pitcher staff.
4: Yeah, you just be generic. So, you yeah. hope to have him back before the end of the season. Exactly done. Yeah, and maybe he shows up in August and surprises everybody. <laughs> maybe he shows up second last week of the year in September. But it's just vague and generic. What you don't to want to do point, is say
5: he'll be back at his next start. Right, and he misses it. And to this
4: point, they've been very vague with the Brewers beat writers on when he's coming back. Nobody Except really Adam knows. knows everything. Right. I mean, so I mean that's <laughs> that's kind of all part of it. Uh, all, all right. Now, uh, part of the reason Leroy stuck around, you got you got some pretty cool event coming up.
5: Yeah, I really do. We got my, I think this is the third year we're doing my football camp, the Hall of Fame, was well, the Hall of Fame this year, the Hall of Fame football camp. And me and my brother-in-law, uh, Jatan Davis Jr., he's the uh, pastor at New New Life Worship Center in Brown Deer. So we're going to be at Brown Deer High School, and we're only going to do 100 um, spots available. So you got to go quickly. I think we got a few left. So and you're only- capping it? At 100? Yeah, because we, we're trying to do some other things later on. What that age day. groups? It's from 7 to 17. Oh, okay. And it's only $70, and that gets you a shirt. Actually, yeah, 7 to 17. It's $70, and you can register. and You go to N as in Nancy, L as in Leroy, online.org, and each young man and young lady get a signed 8x10 photo of me, a Hall of Fame photo. What about so,
4: What about it, the other guy? What other guy?
5: The guy that you just mentioned is he, he going to sign something too? Yeah. No man, the pastor's a ministry. He's not signing autographs. He
4: should have like his own yeah. little like like baseball card. Hey, don't he give can him no out. ideas. No, I'm already, serious, yeah, man. Picture of him, the whole yeah. deal. Yeah. I think you could amazing. have a prayer on the back of the card, <laughs> his favorite prayer or whatever on the back of the card, with a church name like on the on the bottom, like where the team name would go. Let's be honest. I'm telling you, look, I think
5: people would love it. Them kids want that eight by ten photo. They want that.
4: They go to church. They want that too. And
5: shout out to Wendy's too, because every year, f- last three years, Wendy's I always bring the kids frosties, and um, and something to eat. So I appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we're we're gonna be doing that again. Um, I got a text lat. When we we're doing the uh, Big Show Radio Network. That uh, we got. Uh, I think maybe twenty five spots available. And so again, you get a T shirt, you get an autograph, and you get something to eat. Of course, it'll be at Brown Deer High School. It's at nine o'clock. But you can register it, I think, at 830.
4: What is it? You have to wear cleats, wear shorts, or Wear what is whatever
5: it? you're comfortable with. Because some kids like to wear tennis shoes. Some kids like to wear cleats. Uh, Julian is the new head football coach over there in Brown Deer. Okay. That's Genesis, my wife's cousin. Oh, wow. Yes. And so he's the head coach there. So we got a lot of volunteer coaches there. I did my other one in Jacksonville a couple about three weeks ago. And it was at the PAL League down at the Police Athletic League in Jacksonville. So next year, my three oldest daughters are going to do cheerleading next year. So this year is the football camp. But next year, in 2023, we're going to do football and cheerleading. Nice. At the same time. Because we did it in Jacksonville. So my oldest daughter, uh, Sharon and L'Oreal, was like, we can do this in Green Bay. I mean, they say Green Bay, but they mean one. Right or the state of everything is just green bay could they try to explain old creek to somebody in jacksonville no i can't do it so they want to do that in two they want to do one in madison one in green bay and one at brown deer high school next year that's that's next year but now you can go to again n as in nancy l as in dot online.org to register because we need their names and sizes t-shirts and um, we're gonna make sure that they have a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, sounds like yeah. a great deal. No question. And it's all, is it all skills training pretty much? It was fun. They have stations. Like some kids wanted to kick last year, when to kick field goals. We had the uh, Franklin football team. Tyler Smith is my godson over there. They volunteered last year and they taught kids. One kid said, I wanna be a punter. We had somebody there to teach them how to punt. And really, it's not the, based on positions, what you wanna do. This year, we're doing the 40 yard dash to time them because some young men on there you can leave comments i want to know what my 40 time is and i'm 11 the schools don't Sweet. do it so i'm, setting, so I'm saying I'm, yes well, we'll then good i want to send
4: my kids so you can show them how to run faster yeah
5: i'll teach him how to. it's a way you can anticipate he runs like a penguin and when he runs halfway then i'll start the clock so he'll be like a 416 so we make sure they real fast so yeah. he'll go back and say dad i'm fast
4: well, I don't, I don't I even think need – we don't need fast. <laughs> I I would settle for average would be good. Average would be good.
5: And there's no set time big really for how fast you're supposed to be when you're that young. But I don't – if they want to do it for their anxiety to say that they're fast – because you're not racing anybody. You're by yourself. So it's really – it's competition with yourself. Right. Yeah. If you're running with somebody, you lose. You have to deal with losing. And some kids deal with it great. Some kids don't. You remember earlier in our other show, I said I cried when the Cowboys lost to the Steelers. Uh-huh. So I did not deal with losing. Very well. Very well.
4: No. All right, so go ahead. And make sure to sign up uh, for Leroy's camp. And then uh, tomorrow, we'll back at it again, Leroy? I'm Big Show? Yep. yep. Uh-huh. Beautiful. There he is, Leroy Butler, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. Up next, Tim Muma, BrewerFanatic.com. I hope you said
5: his name right.
4: Yeah, I am, man. I've known a guy for like 15 <laughs> years, Tim Muma. Back after this.
6: Signing up for this, I didn't really know what to expect. I think we just all had a common goal when we came here. I mean, it was uh, only one thing on our mind was to win this thing.
2: Get well out to right-center field. Jones still on the move, running out of room, and he missed it! Yeah. The Americans have slayed the Giant.
5: Yeah. And Hernandez swings and misses.
2: 2-2, pitch. single for Christian Jelic and it's 3-0 U.S. Robert oh, right 6-0 U.S. Arenado on the run. There it is! Team
4: USA has won the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, baby, the World Baseball Classic is back in 2023. That's from the USA Baseball Twitter account I just played there. Christian Yelich, that first voice that you heard. Joining us now, he is Tim Muma on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, brewerfanatic.com. Tim, are you as fired up as I am?
7: Yeah, I think it's awesome. I uh, I love I love the different format that you get based on you know what you usually see with baseball and the, the pageantry of it all and the passion. I, I can't wait. See that's see
4: the pageantry. Okay, that's nice. But for me, it's the passion, <laughs> right? It's how much these dudes get completely invested emotionally, mentally, physically into winning that thing, right? So the All Star Game, eh, whatever. But this thing here, this is real stuff here, right? You don't get the Olympics or whatever the case may be, but right. you get something where you have dudes that are pros, that are major leaguers for the most part, that are all in trying to beat the other guys uh, and have those bragging rights or whatever you know, going forward. That's what I love about it is the intensity that comes with each and every game, not only on the field, but then from the fans that are in the stands at these games as well
7: because yeah, you know you can't you just can't do it I don't think realistically over hundred sixty two games so it's it gives you that just that different feel that different look um you know i as you know, I coached a lot of youth baseball and and the kids love playing in tournaments, they like their league play and they like they want to play every day, but it's it's just a different animal when you have uh you know do or die games just about every day and and like you said just the the fire and the passion that goes into it, and you can really. Exude all that energy for a short amount of time that you just you really can't do it over a over a regular major league baseball season. So it's awesome to see it come back.
4: Uh, okay, Tim. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what what happened here uh, recently uh, against the Chicago Cubs. Now the Cubs have been playing better lately since uh, they had that ten game losing streak. So it's not like they've been playing sure. horrible and then came into American Family Field and beat the Brewers. But realistically, they could have got swept if it wasn't for that Fourth of July uh, great comeback by uh, the Brewers. What do you think right now uh is the biggest issue with this Brewers team who again sit comfortably in first place over the St. Louis Cardinals, who are uh struggling maybe worse than the Brewers are at this point?
7: It still comes down to the hitting for me. I mean, in the end they're they're scoring, you know, one, two runs. You're not gonna win many games unless your pitching is Fully totally healthy and all throwing well at the same time. And obviously guys are going to scuffle haters, not been in his usual self. You, you don't have all your, your regular horses that are, are ready to go every five days or, or coming out of the bullpen. So when you don't when you can't rely on the literal elite pitching like they had last season you need to get more from the offense and of course they're going to show flashes they've done that they'll they'll get some big hits here or there they'll have their their outbursts like they did in Pittsburgh um, but they just there's just something with the lineup that doesn't work on a daily basis and you can point to Adamus. he's he hasn't been doing much uh, lately uh, for sure and then you have other guys who either struggle against lefties or struggle against righties and just the right mix and match just doesn't appear to be there right now, and you hope that they're going to be looking for deals at the deadline, although sometimes you hear some of the words coming out of the organization as far as, oh, there's not much out there, and and we're going to rely on our guys to make improvements and to play up to their level. It makes you wonder that maybe there's not really any kind of splash coming or even a major move at all.
4: You know, that's just it. I mean, there's just not a lot out there to begin with, and that that's my concerning thing is is that – if this offense is going to get better, it's probably going to have to come internally from what you already have um, at this point. And Tim Allen earlier uh, was, well, not earlier, well, earlier today and yesterday on the postgame show was kind of going off about Willie Adamas still being in the two-hole, the non-base percentage under 300 at this point, um, and struggling big time uh, and arguing kind of like, he doesn't deserve to be there, he shouldn't be there. Uh, Your thoughts on on Willie Adamas and where he's at right now?
7: It feels like he's... Kind of in a similar place that Yelich has been in the last couple of years, maybe pressing a little bit, trying to do too much. And we know Adamus, you know, he's a seems like a great guy and likes to be fun and loose. But I think you can see frustration on his face. You can see him, uh, you know, disappointed in himself. He had that bat uh, yesterday where he popped up on the infield. He's had a lot of chances recently with tying run on third or go ahead run on third, less than two outs, and not able to get the job done. So. Again, I know Council doesn't believe a whole lot in batting order and whether or not it matters. I, I think it does to some extent, whether it is the individual hitter who it matters for or maybe just mixing it up. I mean, again, we've seen the success Yelich just had just sliding him into that leadoff spot. So maybe it makes some sense. I mean, early in the year or maybe it was last year, there were times he was hitting fifth in the lineup. I, I think it's fine to move guys around and, and give other guys an opportunity because, as I said, just something's not working there. And the sooner you can get Adamus to playing kind of his loose, relaxed self and, and swinging the bat, not even as well as he did last year, but he's got to get at least somewhere in the middle ground because right now uh, he he feels a lot of, uh, you know, it's either home run or nothing. That's what it feels like with him right now.
4: You know, the other thing, Tim, that we uh, talk about with this Brewers team right now uh, is this outfield without really uh, a center fielder per se. I mean, right now, McCutcheon's having yeah. to play. That can't be a long-term solution. Uh, Jonathan Davis has been around 100 teams, so that's not a long-term solution. Uh, And Then it's, well, Tyrone Taylor's going to be back from concussion, but he's had his moments, but he hasn't necessarily shown that he can hit at a high level. I think that is maybe the biggest area of concern on this baseball team right now.
7: Yeah, hard to disagree with that because, and like you said, you can look around at the – the possible trade suitors and then players out there, you either got to find a, a center fielder who he hits well, but he's probably not really a center fielder, which the Brewers already have on this team, as you mentioned, or you find a defensive center fielder, but then that doesn't help in their lineup. They, they don't need another guy who who struggles to hit. So, uh, that does become a concern, and and at what point do you does the team think? All right, what is the point of you know, like what's kind of the tipping point where we need the offense and center more than we need to worry about the defense? Because if we're honest, Yelich or McCutcheon in left field, they're not great outfielders either. So now you have, you'd have two positions that are are hurting you defensively, and once you get Renfro in right field, he's obviously strong out there. But it really becomes what do you need to focus on more? Do you trust your pitchers to still get out, and and do their job if you have a you know, less than stellar outfield defensively? Or are you so desperate for runs that you just have to have a guy out there in center field who's good enough uh, or even slightly below average? But if he can hit, that's going to help the team in the long run. And, and right now, I think the way fans are and even the way I feel, you probably feel, I just, I just want a bat. We just need another bat. So st- stick somebody in center field and find another, another bat to bring to the team.
4: What do you do with three catchers on the roster? At some point, you're going to have to do something. Is it just when Taylor comes back, Davis is gone, um, and you move on, and Kira and Kesson Hira gets to stay now that they're giving a little experience out in left field? Maybe that helps them stay on the roster at this point, um, or do you decide to uh, make a move and move on from Severino or try and find a trade partner for Severino uh, and just keep two catchers?
7: Yeah, I guess, truthfully, I don't know what Severino's status is, if he can even be sent down or anything, because if he can't, I I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to keep three on the roster. I know they've already experimented having, uh, you know, Caratini at first. Council has talked about Severino being able to play first base, and he does have a history of of hitting left-handed pitching, so obviously that could be a benefit. Uh, But it does handicap yourself a little bit when it comes to flexibility position-wise, and as you said, especially right now, they're they're hurting in the outfield. Um, Obviously, it's great to have as many options at catcher as possible if you can stash guys in the minor leagues. Now, if you can find somebody that would take him, um, maybe somebody that isn't necessarily going to the playoffs because he's not eligible, but that they need a catcher and they think they can help uh, their team right now, that that might be their best option, even if you're getting – just a you know a decent relief arm because as we've seen the Brewers continue to cycle through guys due to injury and ineffectiveness. Uh, I, I could see them going that route, but obviously it, I think it first does have to happen where Taylor's back and, and they have sort of a plan when it comes to the outfield because um, they're they're really kind of thin even even though we see a lot of their regulars still in the lineup. They're pretty thin when it comes to the depth side, and, and you see that um, when they do have to start filtering guys in and out.
4: Jason Alexander, the starting pitcher, was a nice story for a while, uh, and now you're seeing that Jason Alexander is not really cut out to be a major league starting pitcher probably for any Mm -hmm. length of time where you have to count on him. I mean, getting through five seemingly is a struggle with pitch count because he tends to throw a lot of balls.
7: Well, and he doesn't get the strikeouts. And if if you see a lot of the, uh, you know, sort of the advanced metrics, a lot of people, whether it's on Twitter or or anywhere else, we're kind of talking about that, like, hey, this is great, and he's getting a job done, but eventually it's going to come crashing down because he's getting a little bit of good luck and things kind of going his way. Uh, And and like it or not, especially as a pitcher, strikeouts are are just huge as far as limiting damage and and getting out of jams. And, uh, you know, it was great that he's able to sort of, keep his head above water while the brewers have needed guys in the rotation. Uh, Hopefully as they continue to get healthier. um, He becomes someone that is just that depth depth piece again. Cause I don't know that he's really going to be that effective out of the bullpen either. And um, the brewers kind of played with that already a little bit and it it didn't necessarily go great. So you're going to need guys like that over the course of a season. And you hope that you can use them for a short period of time when they're effective and then hopefully be able to move on when you get your guys back.
4: Any concern about Hader uh, in this series giving up uh, a couple of runs? to say Zuki, obviously, inside the park, home run, and then yesterday uh, another run given up uh, as far as, and it was brought up to council last night, as far as maybe there's some fatigue setting in with Hader?
7: I think that's possible. I don't think there's any like major concern at all. Uh, he, he obviously, I, I think he's gone through these little stretches here and there throughout his career, like most closers. I mean, he was so ridiculously good to start the season. It, it's almost jarring to see him give up two runs and a couple of outings um, you know yesterday even he basically hung a slider and that's what allowed uh, I think it was Higgins to get a base hit to, to give the Cubs a lead so sometimes that happens too uh, and I don't I know people joke about this on social media but I think there's some truth to it I mean he does have a newborn maybe that's uh, factoring into a little bit might be a little more tired you know sometimes uh, sometimes that does play a role these guys are human they have other lives outside of you know, what we see them for those those three hours on TV so I don't think it's anything, like I said, to be concerned about. It's middle of the season. Really, the players, they're trying to get to that all-star break to give themselves that, that little extra breather. Um, I don't anticipate any issues going forward. Based on what I've seen now, of course, things can change. Uh, and I obviously counsel's always cognizant him and his staff as far as making sure he's not overworked and that he's going to be good down the stretch.
4: I think Tim Muma of BrewerFanatic.com, uh, uh, I, I think there's one thing here. Um, I think everybody, for the most part, is happy with Boxberger, Williams, and Hater. I think
7: mm. middle relief.
4: Any worries there?
7: I think there always is. I mean, that's usually where you can get a team. I mean, that's how it used to be anyway. Now you got so many guys coming out throwing, you know, mid to upper nineties anyway, and they don't have all the guys necessarily they've wanted at times. I mean, Suter's been less than effective to be nice, I guess, uh, in, in, for most of the season. Um, of course, Cousins has been out, so that's hurt. Um, I, I think that's one place where Stearns, you would assume, is going to make some sort of move. It'll be or look underwhelming for a little bit, uh, you know, to people. Um, and he might not make the right call. I mean, Norris last year didn't work out for, for the Brewers at all. So I think that's some place you can always look to upgrade, and it's typically not expensive in terms of players that you're trading away. And they're going to continue to cycle guys through again. Like I said, um, you know, I like Gustave. Uh, I think he does a good job in there. Um, but I think when push comes to shove, depending on what their starters look like, and when you get near the postseason and into the postseason, you just want to stack as many dangerous arms as you can in that bullpen to give you options. Because we did see in the series against Atlanta last year. When they didn't have Suter and they didn't have Williams, they were really stuck trying to force guys into spots that that didn't work out. So, um, I would definitely say even if they don't end up making a big move or even getting some sort of bat that makes an impact, you're for sure going to see one reliever, maybe two, to to make sure they can have as many options to bridge that gap to the to those back three. Because I agree, that's that's definitely an area of concern when it comes to the pitching staff.
4: You guys haven't checked out brewerfanatic.com dot com yet. Do so. Lots of great content, including. Uh, A piece put up uh, just uh, a few minutes ago with MLB announcing the participants for the upcoming Futures game. Two Brewer prospects make it with left-handed pitcher Antoine Kelly Jr. and outfielder Jackson Churio, uh, and there's a story up there on that right now on the front page of brewerfanatic.com. Uh, Jackson Churio uh, was all over social media last night as far as people talking about him because MLB Pipeline came out with their newest version of their top 100 prospects and he screamed up into the top like 35, top 40, something like that <laughs> um, out of yeah. nowhere. And this kid's what, 17, 18 years old? um and really making a name for himself as an outfielder and again this kid was a shortstop obviously when they signed him at 16 or whatever it was but he really's exploded onto the scene in carolina
7: yeah it's it's been pretty insane like you said the attention he's gotten and obviously there's lots of great you know brewer just fans but also guys who write like for Brewer fanatic who um you know kind of were on top of this and then pushing it a little bit and it's been awesome to see that he's getting that attention nationally as well um, you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of us Brewer fans we've always we always look and we're like, why don't we get this this kid from out of nowhere with all these right. tools and unbelievably athletic and yep. and I think not to put any pressure on the guy and he probably has no clue we're even talking about him in his ways, but and that's what he looks like. That's what people are really hoping that they're they're seeing. I've even heard some joke hey, why not just give him a shot in center field? I mean, what the heck? It can't be any worse, right? No, they're not going to do that. Trust me, they're not going to do that. Well, I think but, the plan, though, uh, is but, to get
4: him to the Timber Rattlers by the end of the summer. I think you'll see him probably in Appleton here at some point, probably by the end of the month would be my guess, early August.
7: I I, I guess I don't see why not. I mean, if the guy's succeeding and they want to keep pushing him through that way, and, um, you know, I think it's always good to get the fans excited and seeing these guys, because so many times they're just a the name, right? half the time people aren't going to gonna take their own time to look them up and, and try to find video and all this kind of stuff, even though it is readily available. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fun for the fan base, but I think it's just great for the organization and not only, you know, to have one guy in there, but also um, just sort of, again, the reputation of the farm system, at least starting to get better, starting to get these higher level guys um, because a lot of us who follow no, they were coming, they were just not the lower levels. And now you get a guy like Churio, who sort of highlights, um, you know, the the top level that they can have, and then hopefully that means things start filtering down with the rest of the farm system, whether or not they let all that ride or they use some of those guys as trade pieces, that'd be great. But uh, as far as Churio goes, I think uh, that's one you hang on to and and you hope that that's one of those guys that, like I said, comes out of nowhere and just, just bursts out of the scene when he's ready to go.
4: And that's the thing, though, right? I mean, you've been drafting all this hitting, and it, it, right now, you look at him and you go, "Okay, well, who's going to be the guy?" But right, right now. I mean, yeah, you know that... Joey Weimer was that guy, you know, last year, and then earlier this year, um, but Garrett Mitchell looked like he had some promise last year. hasn't had as good a year this year. You really don't have those bronze fielder type guys where they just go level to level and kill pitching. And you know, when they get here, it's going to be the same thing.
7: And I'll say I, you know, I'm not the only one who have, had said this in some capacity, you know, whether it's social media or whatever. And I, I've talked to some other people who are even more in the know with the minor league systems and stuff. And there does seem to be some concern that it's not even that they're not getting hitters into the system, but that there's something in the development that is just not working clearly pitching. They, they have that locked down. They know what they're doing, pitching, developing pitchers. Um, but I think there is some true concern that the Brewers, whatever they're doing specifically down there, and obviously none of us are, are that deep into to know what they're doing specifically. It's not working. And the first time I heard of it personally and talking to somebody I know um, it was, it had to do with Hira and because he was seen as a can't miss hitter. I mean, even if he wasn't necessarily going to develop the power, he was a can't miss type hitter. And, and we saw him burst on the scene and then as things have gone along, he, he just hasn't really developed and, and stayed uh, stayed at that course when he started. So I think that is something to keep an eye on. At some point, as you said, they need to actually get these guys through the system and being able to contribute in a big way at the big league level because we're kind of seeing that now. They're trying to get those hitters. They make acquisitions to get those hitters, but it's really the, the pitching that they develop that uh, that leads them. And at some point you want that balance for sure.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Check out Tim Muma on Twitter at tim underscore Muma. Again, at tim underscore Muma. Of course, brewerfanatic.com. Like I said, lots of great content. They still got those uh, brewer uh, boards that you can go on, uh, message boards you can go on and, and be a part of as well, the old brewer fan site. So again, brewerfanatic.com. Uh, check it out today. Chris, thanks so much. Or Chris, oh yeah, Tim, thanks for coming on. Do appreciate it. <laughs>
7: Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Sparky. Always a pleasure.
4: You betcha. There he is, Tim Muma at Tim underscore Muma. The Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you feeling anxious. Well, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today.
3: Spring's Midday Madness presented to you by the
4: Milwaukee Admirals. Check them out now at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Great shows putting on at Summerfest. They'll be out at State Fair as well inside that expo building like they always are. I'm so screwed up by oh, yeah? having this baby coming up here in a couple oh, okay. of weeks and the whole deal that I've completely lost track of boys to men being at Summerfest today. Not sure how that happened. Oh, that's today. That is tonight. Mm. Nine thirty, I believe, uh, tonight at Summerfest. That was the one group I actually did want to see was uh, Boys to Men because I love me some Boys to Men. Well, if it uh, makes you feel any better, I didn't get to see the group I
6: wanted to see this year either. They played literally the first day, that first Thursday in June. It was Anthrax.
4: Anthrax, oh my god! I haven't heard that group's name in twenty years, at least. I didn't yeah. know they were even
6: still playing. And neither did I. And then I saw the headliners when they were announced. Anthrax, Good and Lord. that was that kind of shows you, you know, how crazy it is. The groups you remember, you know, I'm, you don't take me as an anthrax guy.
4: Uh, I don't take you as any guy, but I just, I just, when you said anthrax, like I can picture the cassette cover of an anthrax tape from back in the day. And I was like, holy cow, I haven't heard that. Like I've heard Motley Crue. I've heard poison. Like a lot of those groups I've heard mentioned over the years, anthrax. I haven't heard them in a long, long time, but yeah, they were
6: on the first night and it was a Thursday and I think I was doing a late shift here that day. So there's no way.
4: Yeah, no. In fact, I want to say there's a concert coming up at American Family Field with Motley Crue, Poison. That's um, right. Def Leppard, I think. Def Leppard too? is there too, right? Yeah, That would be a good show. That's not this weekend, but the following Saturday, I want to say, at American Family Field. Um, they have that going on. Which, by the way, anybody else amazed that they put concerts on while the season's going on? Like That just blows my mind that, that, that they're able to do it, and the field still looks perfect. And it just looks absolutely perfect.
6: July 17th, Motley Crue, Def Leppard with Poison uh, rescheduled multiple times. Yeah, it was and supposed to you, happen
4: before COVID, I think.
6: And if you still want tickets, you can get them. They're about, uh, cheapest ones are about $90.
4: Damn, really?
6: Yep. They're expensive. For some Terrace infield tickets.
4: Damn, those are expensive tickets. You got 90 bucks for Terrace. No, thank you. Uh, but that sounds like a great show, especially if you're on my age and that's kind of your childhood growing up as uh you know, listening to all that stuff. Uh, a couple of different things here. Uh, there, I just retweeted from the Big Show Network account because I saw the Big Show Network account open. Um, but there is a video of this plane. You ever see those propeller planes that kind of like land in water and it's like just one long wing that kind of goes over sure. the top of it? It's one piece of metal or whatever the case it may be. So they show this thing in Vegas, this plane coming out, and it looks like one of those propeller planes – That has just one long wing. I'm watching it now over the top of it, and and this thing comes rolling around. It's Red Rock Casino, and it comes rolling around in like this driveway where like cars are, you know, be parked or valet or whatever, and it comes rolling around. And as it comes around the corner, and you're seeing it go, it's not a. There's definitely not a runway there. It is a parking lot. And as it starts going, all of a sudden, this long piece of whatever material this is starts flapping like a bird, and this thing just takes off straight up into the air and goes flying ninety into the degrees. Sky.
6: That's insane. Insane.
4: Again, that's that's where we are technology wise now. That's gonna be the next. It thing. literally looks like it's, a bird. Just yes, <laughs> flapping its wings and goes straight up, and it's gone. Just insane. So if you want to check that out at Big Show Network, retweeted it earlier. Uh, One other thing before we get to Kevin Holden, who will be in here momentarily as we get ready for the uh, Fan Afternoon Show. What is going on with the Chicago Bears, y'all? A third Bears player has been arrested uh, in wide receiver David Moore, arrested in Texas on drug and weapon charges. Third Bear player arrested this offseason. All three of the players that have been arrested were signed by the new general manager in Chicago just this offseason. All three of them. Now, again, everybody is different. Some people that are fans don't really care if their guys are getting arrested or whatever the case may be. As long as they're playing on Sunday each week, we're fine. I, I don't care. Not a big deal. Other fans. Look at stuff like this and go, dude. What is our GM doing? What are we doing? Like, shouldn't we bring in, be bringing in more high character guys that represent the city and represent the organization better? I'd love to know what the McCaskey family is thinking of all of this because you would have to think they're besides themselves given the side eye uh, to this front office in Kansas City and Ryan Poles uh, in the fact of what what are we doing? Like, why? This is the third dude you've brought in that's been arrested. Like. This has to change here at some point. Now, again, some guys, I'll use John Dorsey as an example, former uh, Packers executive and Kent City Chiefs, a GM. That dude drafted Tyreek Hill. league weren't going to touch that dude with a 10-foot pole. John Dorsey said, I'll take him. I'll roll the dice, take my chances, see what happens. Um, John Schneider's one of those guys that will roll the dice in Seattle and see what happens. Uh, and then a lot of times... You have organizations that will not, that will normally stay far away from guys that they deem as uh, a possible problem. Now, maybe Ryan Poles and these three players that have been arrested have no history of being in any kind of trouble or whatsoever, and this is shocking to Ryan Poles because he viewed these guys as high-character guys. He misread the room, whatever. Uh, Maybe that's what it is. But as an owner, if I'm the McCaskey family, I'm not too pleased right now. And this dude hasn't even had his first game as a general manager yet, not even a preseason game, and he's got three guys getting arrested at him. Exactly, and you, know, you and I both know that
6: McCaskey family, Virginia matriarch yeah. of that Bears organization, that always has come across to me as one of those families that has their look over the franchise like a giant eagle over yes. everything, eagle-eyeing
4: everything. And if something doesn't seem right, You figure they're getting a little antsy. I'll tell you what doesn't seem right. When I read yesterday that uh, Lightfoot down in Chicago, she's talking about putting a dome on Soldier Field. I talked about this with Toby yesterday
6: when he filled in for you, and I made the reference of this whole thing reminds me of when you're a kid and you're building with your Legos and you build a little mini structure with a Lego and then you stack something on top of that with another thing that you made of Legos, and then you stack another thing just to be fun and stack right, a bunch see, of random you can stuff, go. that's what Soldier Field is turning into this if they put the a thing. roof on top okay, of it. Okay, so first of all, Jeez.
4: it looks like an ashtray or a spaceship or whatever. So the design of the uh, outside is horrible. Awful. I, I've watched multiple games inside of it. I think it's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it inside. I think it's good sight lines. I think it's a, it's a fun place to watch a game. One way or the other, I mean, it's not a great stadium per se, but it's not horrible either on the inside. Um, but about having said that, if if I'm the Bears, I I just we're not putting a dome on Soldier Field. Like we built Soldier Field, that that's part of our family legacy, both of them, right? I mean, the city owns the original Soldier Field, and then this one here, same type of deal. But they it was under the McCaskey watch. Just build a new field. If you want to put a dome on a new field. With a new name that's not Soldier Field, well then fine, go right ahead. Just like at some point, and I know, I know what I'm about to say is going to get me in trouble. I don't care. At some point, they're going to have to build a new stadium for the Packers. At some point. May not be in our lifetime, but at some point, they're going to have to build a new stadium for the Green Bay Packers. You don't think Titletown in that area is sustainable? I'm not saying Titletown's not sustainable. I just don't know about the stadium itself. Maybe not. Maybe this will go on forever in a day and it'll be the longest lasting stadium ever. But most of these stadiums eventually will have to get redone. Wrigley uh, just got a redo. Fenway's gotten a redo. A lot of these guys, they've been able to keep up. Uh, maybe Lambeau is, is, is done the same way. But let's say if they were at some point to build a new stadium for the Green Bay Packers 40 years from now or whatever it is, they want to put a roof on it, Well, go ahead. It's not Lambeau. You're building a new stadium with a new identity, a new name, everything along with it. If you want to put a dome on it, put a dome on it. In Chicago, if you want to build a stadium in Arlington Heights and you want to put uh, a dome on it, that's fine. Because it's going to be like, uh, you know, the the Pepsi Field or Coca-Cola Field or whatever the entitled sponsor is going to be. It's going to be its own identity. So that's not a big deal. But you can't add a roof or a dome to say soldier field. No. You can't add a roof or a dome to Lambo. No. That, that that aspect of it, that, that can't happen. But if you want to build a new stadium, fine. Just like this whole thing in, in Minnesota with Target Field. And, and Romney, when he was here, yelling and screaming about put a roof on it. And he was doing that in Minneapolis and it became a whole big thing. Okay. They screwed that up. But what he doesn't understand and and never will understand is, if you went to the Humphrey Dome back then, the Metrodome or whatever the hell it was called, Hubert H Humphrey Metrodome, I believe, was the correct name. When you went there, I've seen baseball there. I never saw football, but I've seen several baseball games with the Twins there. Did it get loud when it was full? Yes. Was it a great place necessarily to watch a baseball game in that thing? No, right? It was different than even American Family Field where you can have the natural air coming in. There was no airflow in that facility from whatever the day was like outside to the point that I think a lot of Twins fans who made the, try, the drive to Milwaukee, maybe to see Brewers Twins when they were in the American League and the, the NL crossover, whatever, I think a lot of them said, we don't want to be screwed over in the summer and be stuck inside watching baseball. We want to be able to enjoy a nice summer night or whatever the case may be. I don't think any of them thought, oh boy, we may have 15 rainouts a summer. I don't think it ever came up. I think a majority of it just was they wanted outdoor baseball. And the other part of it was, if I remember correctly from Romney, was they didn't want to pay the money, the additional money, the extra two or $300 million or whatever it was, to put a roof on that thing. But again, that's its own entity. So if they wanted to put a roof on that thing when they built it from the ground up, fine. Go ahead. But to put a roof on a a field like Lambeau or Soldier, even though Soldier is relatively obviously new and it's not the same as it was when Gary played in it, but it's still Soldier Field, that is a big no-no. You you just you you can't do that. And if I if I'm the bears, I'll tell you what, we're gonna go to Arlington Heights. We're all good. Don't worry about us. Nobody's mad about anything, but we're just gonna go build a new stadium there. Uh, And we'll see how the whole thing plays out. That's how I would go about it. Definitely do do not put a dome on top of that stadium or a roof on that stadium. Kevin Holden is here. I want to know from Kevin Holden, CBS 58 sports director. Crunchy. Coming up next, we're going to find out what's coming up on his show, the afternoon Fan Afternoon Show today. But I, I want to know one thing. How many baseball jerseys does the man own? We're going to ask him that next here on The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Check them out milwaukeeadmirals.com. They've been out at Summerfest putting on shows. They'll be at State Fair in the Expo building like always. Again, milwaukeeadmirals.com. Madness broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky Fiber, A.R. Adam Roberts coming up next Bonamago Jr., Tim Shea, along with Crunchy Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director, who joins us now. Hello, Kevin. What's going on, Spark? Uh, We're we're getting there. It's Thursday. Weekend's almost here. So looking forward to the weekend a little bit. I, I said before the break... You came in here with yet another jersey. On every day I see you, you have a different baseball jersey on. So I'm curious like how many jerseys do we, are we talking about do we own? And do you have an idea how many closets are filled or dressers are filled with jerseys? Well, the unfortunate
2: thing is our our place doesn't have a ton of closet space. So it's one, but it's one super super packed tight. Yeah, like it's like like this is there's wrinkles on some of these That's how mine like, is. Yeah. No, I
4: get, I have the same issue.
2: Uh just baseball I'd say this is a rough guess. I'm
4: going to I'm probably fifty or sixty, something like that. Fifty or sixty I'm baseball thinking, jerseys. Yeah. It's... Now I've never seen you with a basketball or football jersey. Got some football jerseys. You do.
2: Yeah. I don't have. I don't have a single, single basketball, basketball jersey. And part of it is, I you know I wasn't before Drew Bergoin. I wasn't blessed with a with very good uh, you know genetics. So sure. my body didn't
4: sport a basketball jersey. Okay, I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting there. Maybe maybe soon maybe i could do that yeah i mean i'm not walking around gun showing i just wear a t-shirt under a jer- basketball jersey if i'm gonna wear it uh so football jerseys which, which what are you kind of football jerseys are we talking they're <laughs> all old school guys they're i'm guessing
2: all in fact they're they're old school from the old school like old school from when they were new okay there are three all-star jerseys there's mike stop there's a red a white and a black all-star guy was a touchdown machine Dude, i love that guy uh there's a Favre, which was long before here. Right. That was just a thing because Favre was a thing. Uh Bledsoe, Tony Baselli. I've got a couple Hall of, of famer. Yeah, right. I've got a couple of like weird LA dons from the forties when they wore like full sweaters. Of course you do. Just- I'm not even surprised.
4: That's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool.
2: Something something really, yeah, really off the wall. Yeah. And then um I that that might be Oh there's I think there's like a Gio Bernard one that I got for like uh, 10 Bengals bucks running back
4: back in the day. Is it a Bengals one? <laughs> it the is. Geo Bernard, yeah. It's one of those like $10 like Oh, you factories get one. great deals on like football jerseys at like Goodwill and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. after the fact.
2: Oh, and an outlaw is the XFL of course.
4: Yes, the XFL. The original 2001 version. Right. Yeah, so I had an XFL football from the original version, black and red football. Oh man. Yeah. See, I imagine all that stuff's worth something now. I don't know. I don't even know where that football is. I think it's in a box in the garage somewhere, but I'm not even positive. All right. What do you got coming up on the show today? All right. So uh, we
2: have got, well, we're going to talk expectations. That, that's the number one thing. Expectations for the Brewers. And why are they not at the same level as the Packers and the Bucks? If the Packers don't make the Super Bowl, you're disappointed. If the Bucks at, with Giannis mm-hmm. don't win a championship, it's you're easy. disappointed. Easy. If
4: the Brewers go 82 and 80, you're going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's an easy answer. Yeah. I'm not going to give it because I don't want to ruin your whole segment, but. To me, because Tim and I, we had Tim Allen on earlier today on the Big Show we, we do on Thursdays at ten thirty five, and he and I had this exact same conversation because they were talking. did you were talking about it in a post game last night. Uh, we had the same conversation in the break. And I gave him my answer. I said, "I, I think that's the easy answer because you're right." I mean, from what we do as talk show hosts, we hammer the Packers. Yeah, we hammer the Bucks if they don't do what they're supposed to do. Boonholder especially gets it right. right before him. Kid got it all the time. But you don't really get the same type of hammering of the Milwaukee Brewers, usually— uh, if they don't finish a season like everybody thinks. But I think there's an easy answer to it, but I'm not gonna give it away. Go you're,
2: you're gonna, <laughs> I
4: don't want to give it away because I think I think it's or there's an obvious answer. I, I just we'll see if anybody comes up with it. You should you should call like two minutes in and just put like, right, it. Alright I give you a chance. Y'all blew it I'm gonna tell you what it is.
2: Uh, uh there's a, a writer from Bucky's fifth quarter who who is I I've got it written here is Drew Ham, is that right? Or Drew Ham.
4: Yeah, if you heard Bon promo, Ham. Drew Ham.
2: I'm putting the phonetic, the TV hum. phonetic. I would have said
4: Ham hey, too. Yeah, because it, it looks like that. I always have producers check name, pronunciation, so I don't kill him. And then half the time I still kill him after Adam tells me it. But at least we make an attempt, yes. <laughs> there, of course,
2: will be draft mockery, and there's going to be Tim mockery going on for the entire three hours, so you know, because I don't know if you know, but we, we go back a couple of years, me and your boy here. Y'all are
4: drinking buddies yeah yeah y'all are drinking buddies. i I know how it is man i, I I've seen y'all out drinking. I know how it goes. <laughs> then y'all are getting some like eggs and pancakes like two in the morning somewhere. Oh right now, our yeah. favorite
2: place is now the post pandemic closes at nine. it's heartbreaking. Oh it's terrible. It's the place that we've been going for me Forever? since Day one in Milwaukee. Oh and with the pandemic now there's seven A to 9 p and as you know, that doesn't fit our schedule.
3: Right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. whether you love true crime or comedy